Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be what was the half shekel for? Okay. I want you to tell me what the half shekel was for. Exodus 30 and 15. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than a half a shekel when you give an offering to the Lord to make atonement for yourselves. And you shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of meeting, that it may be a memorial for the children of Israel before the Lord to make atonement for yourselves. So what was the half shekel for? Atonement. I mean, I think the Bible was trying to really emphasize to us, hello, it's, it, this is what it is, and it told us three times. I'm kind of like that. If you really want something to stick, you've got to tell me more than once, okay? <laughs> so it was for atonement. Atonement, what is that? It is the covering, the payment for something that was done wrong, for an injury, or for a repair. That's what atonement is. And notice that it didn't matter if you're rich or poor, the same price for atonement covered everybody, rich or poor. I'll give you a quick Jesus parallel for you here. The price that Jesus paid on the cross for you is the same price that covers the sins for all of us, whether you are rich or whether you are poor. It was the same price for all of us to have our atonement sin covered. But friends, what we see here is that the foundation of the tabernacle was made from the cost of atonement. So the foundation of the tabernacle represents an offering that has been paid for to cover you. I see Jesus here already. The foundation of the tabernacle where the praise and the sacrifice comes in, it was founded upon atonement. Do you realize that the very foundation of our worship comes from the fact that we've been paid for? Doesn't that drive your praise? When I praise God, it comes from the fact that, God, you saved me. Thank you. And then I praise him for it. That's the foundation. Atonement. But no wonder that it says in Psalm 22, 3, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. So when the Israelites were praising God, sacrifice work in that tabernacle, all the praise going, God was enthroned in there on that ark, founded upon the silver of atonement. Oh, it's getting good. My atonement has been paid for by Jesus' sacrifice. So get this. The silver sockets show us two different things. They show us atonement and they show us foundation. Atonement and foundation. 1 John 2 and 2, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no other foundation 
can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I see Jesus in these sockets. Do you see it? That's what I'm trying to show you. These sockets show Jesus. Jesus Christ is our foundation, and he is the only one that has paid for his people's atonement. Are y'all getting all this? <laughs> I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not good enough to pull this stuff off. This is what's here. This is what I'm reading. <laughs> the tabernacle is the design of God Almighty. Look how this looks when you have your gospel goggles on. This is exciting stuff. So we have our foundation. And we have our atonement in Jesus Christ. But now there's something else about these sockets. Do you remember how much each socket weighed? How much did it weigh? It weighed one talent, one talent of silver. I want to show you how much a talent of silver can buy. First Kings 20 and 39. Now as the king passed by, he cried out to the king and said, Your servant went out into the midst of the battle, and there a man came over and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man, if by any means he is missing, your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. Guys, how much does it cost to buy a life? It costs one talent of silver to buy a life. Uh Uh-oh. So what we have here to buy back something is the word redeem. If he he was going to buy this guy back, he'd have to use a talent of silver. That word is redeem, to buy back. Psalm 19, 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. He bought us back. So each of these silver sockets represented atonement and our foundation upon Jesus Christ, and the value of each silver socket represented what it cost to buy our life back from sin. Oh, does it get any better? Yes, it does, because I have more to tell you. We're not done yet. (laughs) There's more. We talked about how much they weighed. We talked about what they symbolized and all this other stuff. But what are these sockets made of? They're made of silver. The sockets are made of silver. Psalm 12 and 6, the words of the Lord are pure words like silver, tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Seven is the number of completeness in the Bible. That means it's completely, completely pure. So purified silver represents absolutely pure truth. Truth. So we have this foundation of atonement, the price of our redemption, which is also truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Are y'all about to explode yet? My head is about to pop after reading all this stuff, all this symbolism that God put into his. This is too good. So now remember, the Blue, purple, and scarlet veils that covered the way in to get inside. These colors were a very hard color to produce back then. It was very hard to get this color. What they had to do is they had to go out and find these certain bugs and find a whole big basket of these bugs. They had to look under rocks and plants and all this stuff. And they'd get this particular bug, and they'd come back and they'd crush them up. Who wants to do that? I feel like crushing bugs. Okay, she crushed up all these particular bugs, and it produced this purple and blue. 
That's the only way they got it. We've got blue here easy because we we know how to make, you know, dyes out of stuff. But back then, it was very expensive, and it took so much work to produce blue, scarlet, and purple that only the people who were royalty could afford to buy it. I want you to look at Esther 8 and 15. It says, So Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of what? Blue and white? and a great crown of gold, and a garment of fine linen and purple. That's royal colors. It's very expensive. Nobody could buy it but royalty. So I want you to go back to the show the four sockets picture that I hope is now there. So remember that the doorway into the tabernacle was covered with a blue, purple, and scarlet veil. Also the inner room, The Holy of Holies, where the ark was at, where God's presence dwelled, that was blocked off with a blue, purple, and scarlet veil also. Also, way outside the tabernacle, the outer courtyard, it had the only way in. And even that one way was also scarlet and purple too. Friends, what we see here is that the one and only way to come to the presence of God is through royalty. That's the only way you can get in, is through royalty. Luke one thirty three, And he, Jesus, will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Jesus is King Jesus. When people slip and they go, oh, Jesus this, and they cuss, I'm just like, hey, that's my king you're talking about there. I take it serious. He is my king. He's my Lord. He's royalty. King Jesus is the way in. He's the only way in, as we see with the blue, purple, and scarlet veils. King Jesus is the truth, as the tabernacle was founded upon pure silver. King Jesus is the life, as the value of each silver socket was the cost that it cost to buy a person's life back. Friends, King Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you can see all of that right there in the tabernacle. Isn't that exciting? If the Bible doesn't excite you, you're not reading it, okay? So back then, God dwelled with man on the Ark of the Covenant. Then God dwelled among us through Jesus Christ. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, the Holy Spirit of God can now dwell within our own Holy of Holies. You know, I have a Holy of Holies myself. It's called my inner being. It's called my spirit. And that's where the Lord God comes to dwell with us. Jesus' name means God with us. Jesus died for us on the cross to atone for our sins, to cover and pay for it, to pay our redemption price so that we could come in through him, come in through the scarlet, come in through the purple and blue. That's the only way in is through that royalty. And friends, this is why the Lord wants us to assemble in his presence. In fact, did you know that attending church is God's command that we do it? There's a lot of people, they don't care to go to church. And they say, well, I'm saved, but I don't need to go to church. I want you to see that God did all of this to dwell with us so that he, we would assemble together for him and that he commands us to do it. Look at this. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
This is the verse that the non-churchers want to keep very quiet. They want to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. He's my Lord. But you go to church? No, I don't. I don't have to. Okay, so you don't have to do what God commanded you to do. (laughs) I always ask them, if God came in here and gave you a command right now, would you do it? Oh, absolutely, because he's my Lord. And then I show them Hebrews 10, and then they go, oh, I don't like that. All of a sudden, I don't have to obey God anymore. You got to be in the church, guys. It's, It's a safe place to be. The way I see it, if God commands it, then you better do it. If he's Lord, you you obey him. Now, let's think about the golden boards made of acacia wood. I want you to think about this because we're talking about assembly, getting together. Where does acacia wood come from? I got to thinking about that and in my advanced mind of extreme uh, intelligence, I came to the fact that acacia wood comes from an acacia tree. So show that tree picture. (laughs) This is an acacia tree. Guys, it doesn't look anything like a board. It looks nothing like a board. It doesn't. This means that somebody had to do a lot of work to change that acacia tree into something completely new. Somebody had to go out and find this acacia tree, cut it down, and then cut it down into planks, and then overlay the planks with gold to be used for the walls. And so when you have a golden board at this point, they're no longer what they used to be because they're not a tree anymore. They are now a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, I don't have to go to church to be, oh, come on. You said that when you weren't saved. Now that you are saved, you're supposed to be new. So stop saying that. (laughs) That's what I want to tell people. Quit that. (laughs) But friends, there was a time before I was saved. There was a time when I was not saved by the Lord God, and I was like a tree. I had my roots deep down in the earth. I relied on this world instead of trusting in God. My roots were way down in the world. But then one day, the Lord came along and cut me down. And I'll tell you, I hated it. When the Lord got hold of me for real, I fought him. I argued with him. I yelled at him. I shook my fist at him. How dare you do this to me? He cut me down, but when he cut me down, I lost everything that I once had. I wanted my roots. I wanted my branches reaching out for all these things I wanted to get. But he took me away from that. I'm like, Lord, you destroyed my life. I was upset. When God cut me down, I was severed from my roots that I once had deep down in the world, and it hurt. It was very painful, this change. But Jesus laid me onto his carpenter's work table. And he put me on this work table and he cut me down even more. He used a spiritual wood plane on me and he smoothed me down. I lost even more of what I used to have. I was cut down into a totally new shape. And right when I felt like I had lost everything I had, When I lost everything I once was, 
That's when I thought it couldn't get any worse. I'm nothing like I used to be. That's when Jesus overlaid me with pure gold, his righteousness. Now we're going somewhere. And now I am valuable. Now I am precious. And now I have great worth. And so now I'm no longer a tree rooted down in the earth because now my foundation has now been set upon the pure, redemptive truth of King Jesus, the Messiah. And the foundation of Christ has been designed for us in such a way to get us to assemble next to each other. Like these boards, we're supposed to be close to each other. Assemble, uh, to assemble me up next to others who have also been remade just like I have been. Now, like we saw of the silver sockets, Jesus has fitted me together with other people who are just like me, who were cut down, who lost what they had, who were made into a new shape and overlaid with gold. I'm fitted right up next to them. And he has reinforced us in assembly. Very key thing here, assembly. All upon the foundation of his truth to reinforce us together, to make us all strong. Friends, this tabernacle here shows us a picture of the body of Christ assembling together with other believers, just like all the golden boards that were assembled to make up the house of God. This assembly is where the Lord God is praised. That's why God commands us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Oh, yeah, I'm a board. Yeah, you look like a tree to me. We're to be together, assembled. It is God's design that we be together. For those who think it's okay to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, I want you to consider again that a golden board looks nothing like a tree. Friends, I want to ask you a question. Which one are you? Are you a board? Are you a tree? Are you willing to be committed in, I mean in, in the body of Christ, in the assembly of believers, out of just thanks for all the hard work that Jesus did to make you into a new creation? Or do you insist on being a distant, way out there tree, off by yourself, keeping your roots way down deep in the earth? Well, i got the world to, to rely on. Which one are you? An acacia tree has no way to claim that it is part of the tabernacle of God because it just doesn't fit. And neither would you walk out in the desert and find a board planted in the ground out in the middle somewhere either. You're in one place or the other. Most people, they want to keep their roots in the earth. They don't really trust in the Lord, even though they say they do. Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but they're not really trusting in him. Why? Because they haven't been remade new. That's the whole kicker. You have to be remade new. You can't be anything like you used to look like. So I hope you notice that a major theme in Exodus 36 in this tabernacle is assembly. It's assembly. The boards were assembled together. One board united to another board, held together by a silver socket, locking rings, reinforcement bars, all this double-cornered reinforcement stuff. Friends, what I'm trying to say is that the safest place to be is founded upon Jesus Christ, and if you really are on that foundation, then you will be obediently in the assembly where God makes us strong together. That's where you will be. 
Well, I'm saved just because I don't go to church. Oh, come on. After studying this, you can't, you can't get that excuse anymore. You can't be out there with your roots in the world part of the time and in the assembly of God part of the time because either you're a tree or you're a board. I think God is telling us here we need to assemble before him. Isaiah 44 and 22, come to me for I have redeemed you. Redeemed. There's that silver socket again. Again, the price of a person's life. Friends, I'm going to tell you the pure truth here, that we are saved by the blue, scarlet, and purple royalty of Jesus Christ, who is our way in, who is our truth, who has redeemed our lives. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is God with us. Doesn't this drive you to want to praise him some more? Let's do that. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for Exodus 36 of the tabernacle. Lord, I I didn't know this until, Lord, you put it in front of me in picture form like this. Wow. Lord, I pray for all those who are still trees, that are still sucking out of the earth trying to get that next drop of water, trying to get that, that next sustenance that they're hoping is going to get them by. Lord, help us to share the gospel of Jesus with them, your gospel, that when you start cutting them down, instead of shaking their fist at you like I did, that they recognize, wait a minute, this is God reworking me into something else. He's drawing me into assembly. He's going to give me a good foundation. I don't need the world anymore. I just need the truth of Jesus Christ. I just need his foundation. That's enough. Lord, we got people going through that right now. They don't understand this remaking. May we be there to help them understand what this is. No, God's doing a good thing in you. Let him have his time. For anybody that says, well, I I don't even know how to be saved. What do I do? Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you confess that Jesus is Lord, that means he is the boss. He now tells you what to do. You now obey him and do what he says. That if Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, if you believe this, then you will be saved. Pray with me. If you don't know if you're saved or not, pray with me. Father, forgive me. I completely blew it. I ruined it. Lord God, I didn't trust you. I did things the way I wanted to do it because I said it was my life, my way. Now I realize your way's better. My way was going to run me into ruin. Lord, I can't fix my life. It's too much of a mess. I'm tired of my life. I give it to you so you can give me a new one. I, I don't want my old life anymore. Take over. Thank you for the gift of eternal life, Lord. I thank you. I give it all to you. Thank you for dying on the cross to save me. You're my king. You are royalty. You're the truth. You're the way in. Thank you for buying me back at such a tremendous cost that I could never afford. You did what I would never be able to do, and that was give me eternal life. Thank you. I'm yours. Take over. In Jesus' name, amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. And that message took everything I had. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.